All right, episode 26. 26? Oh, yeah, baby. I mean, that wasn't that was... me agreeing. That was just going with it. Okay. Yeah. Wait. We see nods. Though. Are we good? Producers? We see nods. Okay, dope. Okay. Hey, we got a producer cam. Is that right there? Right? Yep. I'm pointing at it from another. You guys will find it. They'll figure it out. Yeah. But we can see y'all now, and we have microphones. That... Oh, my gosh. Look at you with the clip on microphone. I know. I kind of forgot it was on. Scarlett, you want to introduce everyone? They've just been vaguely hearing you as like a shadow of a voice. Hello, everybody. Scarlett. And then we have Peter. Hello. I'm Peter. <laughs> yes. There we go. That is, and that is Peter. Yeah. In depth intros. <laughs> That's perfect. I, uh, I'm excited to get to connect with everybody. I feel like we've been battling sickness, bro. Yeah. I mean, we, we, we had President's Day this Monday, so it's been a week and a half. What a fake holiday, by the way. Like, time out. Because, like, do we celebrate all the presidents? Yes. Yeah, so it's Washington's birthday, right? Is that President's Day? I was homeschooled. We did not. <laughs> I don't know. I'm pretty sure. A President's Day to me was in like a memoriam of all the presidents. Yeah. Wait. Yeah, it's well, Wait, I think that's what real? it is, but it's it's Washington's birthday is the date of it, but I don't think it's all to celebrate Washington. Oh. You could throw some Abe in there. Well, I mean, we got shadow banned, Brady. I can't say Abe Lincoln. Well. I mean, we. I'm just saying, if it's President's Day and we're all supporting it, we'd have to support all the presidents. Yeah. All I mean, right. I'm a big. So let's cut it there. Yeah, let's yeah. Let's we'll cut banned. it right there. Can you believe we got shadow banned? Though we're not exactly the most controversial podcast in the game. No, but I think it was just talking about certain people, and it's just a bot crawling platforms. So this is our take. So we got shadow banned uh, by TikTok. It looks like I don't. Does talking about getting shadow banned shadow ban so. you more? Well. Now that we know that can happen on TikTok, we don't have to. If we talk about it now, it doesn't have to be a clip because there's a clip from an but episode. But it could be a clip. But I don't care. TikTok we... needs me. No, but I don't well, need TikTok. We, we need all these platforms. <laughs> so I, I don't know what YouTube's criteria is outside of like cursing okay, so and demonetization. On okay, so we were talking... <laughs> about we have bad time yeah we talked about andrew tate not because we like andrew tate at all if you actually watch what we said what we said was he became famous and was uncancelable for a while because he was getting his success through an affiliate program where he would have everyone talking about him and they would then be selling his course so that's why he was always viral and he was obviously talking about hyper misogynistic things that get traction on social because he took a hard stance on the far left or the far right. That's how you go on social. We're right down the middle, so obviously we're not as great at social. Kind of how it goes. But we published that. We talked about we it. We talked about it. He already had a bad rap, obviously. He had a bad rap, but he was not in jail for sex trafficking. But by the yeah. time the episode went live, like three months later, because we had a huge backlog that happened. Yeah, it posted like maybe the week of him being arrested. Yeah, we have terrible time. Now, <laughs> beyond that, we talked about how the world needs more creatives like Kanye West who can come up with bold, crazy ideas like when he put all of the clothes like in those hampers. He had to like pour them all out. And like if you watch the documentaries and like he's a truly brilliant artist. And we said that. And then when the episode went live... That was pre him getting cut from Adidas. He decided that he wanted to be a Nazi. So we've just had some bad run on timing. And I think it got a shadow banned. Yeah. We're getting like two views on TikTok now. Yeah. We were at like half a million views on like every yeah, video. a couple clips and then... Yeah. Well, yeah, not every... A couple. Good. Some, some good five-figure yeah. views. 
Now we're getting two views. Yeah, hopefully we can just delete it. It crawls it again. I don't know how they're how banning do we delete it? We put works. a lot of work into some of this no, stuff. No, delete the... I've got a whole team, Brady. Delete There's those that clips, goes off not delete the, the TikTok. Delete the clips and get like a recrawl for <laughs> Scarlet's got a plan. Approval. She's got her agency people on it. Yeah. we got a plan. We're going to beat TikTok because they need us. They've been calling me like, hey, Garrett, <laughs> you know, we're sorry about the shadow ban. We need more of your clips I'm on sure. here. Yeah, they're, they're really nervous about losing us. Yeah. Yeah, it's all automatic, automated systems doing yeah. that. But hey, you know, us, us pod brothers, we're not we're not giving up so easily. No. We're still here for the people. We'll keep talking about marketing and advertising and the occasional, like, just know this. If you're a famous person and we mention you, stay out of trouble. Stay out of trouble. Yeah, don't. <laughs> Cardi B better not do something crazy. We talked about her like three episodes she ago. She probably is about to. That <laughs> no, episode. she has a new McDonald's meal. Yeah? Yeah. Like the Travis Scott style? Yeah, dropped I love on that Valentine's campaign. Day. Oh, that's perfect. Her and who is she married to? Quavo? Uh, I think Offset. Offset? Yeah, Offset. I think. Yeah, Offset. You got to go with the culture, bro. Sorry, man. I just texted my wife on Valentine's Day a screenshot of their meal. What did you do for Valentine's Day? Anything good? Like, you do anything interesting? We snacked. <laughs> we weren't hungry. What do you mean you snacked? Kind of. Like we didn't get a meal. Like on nice, like sensual chocolates, like something like that, or no? Just like we got pretzels. the chocolate covered strawberries. Okay, there from Costco. you go. Okay, so we got like a little we bit of like a romantic snack. Half of them before Valentine's <laughs> Day. We, did, yeah. we, we had, had some... one on Valentine's Day. Hmm? At least one on. Yeah, Valentine's. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's good. We that's had a romantic chocolate snack. cake. It's not fair to put the couple days after the Super Bowl. I just want to point that out. Yeah, like, that was. I it. mean, we've never been into Valentine's Day. I mean, either it's not. I think you're only into Valentine's Day when you're like. Uh, first two years of dating like right when you yeah like when you're courting and like dating and everything like is very much the honeymoon phase i feel like valentine's day is big if you got three kids and you're like six years in like we didn't even get a babysitter we just like put the kids down and it was just like yeah i ordered some takeout because she usually cooks monday through thursday and i do food friday through sunday give her a break you know and i like to help out and do that and during the week i'm working so hard she helps me out but you know, I nothing there. Got some nice gifts. Did that. Yeah, it's a Hallmark holiday. We're on the same page. Tuesday's hard though, too, man. I wasn't like I was in work mode. I didn't have everything prepared. It was a scramble. Yeah. yeah. There's a good meme I saw this year. It was a guy and it was something around the lines of like my girlfriend is so into Valentine's Day and he's like, I can't wait to see what she has planned for us. <laughs> it <laughs> was a good great. bit. That is good. That is good. I love it. Anything else interesting in your life before we dive in? Um, it's been a week and a half. Anything that people need to know, Brady? You know, updates on the car. Yeah, how's yeah. your Suburban that you're still not deciding so, to fix your problem? Driving my dad's Suburban, but I took it to Lexus because my shop doesn't do engine work. And the guy didn't really know what I was talking about, so I lost confidence there. Time out. When you said your shop doesn't do engine work were you going it's to like an oil, oil change doesn't do no. <laughs> not jiffy lube um, who are you going to mission tire so i get my tire tire shop no i mean they do oil changes they <laughs> rotate my tires because i get my tires from them so every right. oil change and right. it's just one <laughs> That's of those just things funny though yeah they're not a mechanic you know, i got you i've yeah. been going there with my dad my whole life so i just kept going there but they don't do engine work so i went to lexus or brake work, probably. No, they do brakes. They, Transmissions. They just don't do engines. Okay, okay, okay. okay. We'll, um, give them a, we'll give them a break. So I went to Lexus, and they did a full inspection of the car. They are like, yep, there's a leak in the 
head gasket so there's coolant in the cylinder no. and that's why it's misfiring no and they're like to fix that 7500 yeah because if they do the head gasket you know what a head gasket is yeah they have to really it's just like a piece of paper the top of the essentially yeah. yeah it's a piece of paper that that is cracked and so it's losing pressure yeah or leaking it's just leaking coolant into the cylinder yeah so it's misfiring anyway right. 7500 on my 2012 170 what's it worth mile, on craigslist would you check it's like 12 grand to buy my car with its mileage oh so I told the guy no. Fortunately, inspection was free. They did a car wash, valeted the car. So I was like, thanks, guys. That's dope. Um, and I had a ton of bird shit on the car. So that was a big win. So what's the solution? So then I called, I know, an engine swap guy in Riverside, yeah, Destroyer Automotive. Destroyer? Yeah, they do rebuilt engine swaps with okay. a six-year unlimited mile warranty. Pretty good. Whoa. And it would be 4400 for my engine. So I dropped it from 7,500 to 4,400. And then I called my father-in-law's guy, Rusty. Rusty. Uh, out in Bellflower. Hey, no free ads, but come on. Hey, keep I'm shouting, shouting out, out yeah, yeah. all the automotive shops here. Um, <laughs> and he'll do the head gasket and water pump replacement for 33000 Just 3000 not 33000 yeah, but I said, Brady, you were acting like this is a good deal. Three thousand would be great. So three grand, and I talked to him. He's and an morally, honest guy. You would have never sold this to some poor sucker and just let him own the problem, right? I mean, the problem is when you start the car. So it's pretty self-evident to get away with that one. Um, <laughs> so anyway, he was a super honest guy. Okay, I talked good. to. He's like, dude, one hundred seventeen thousand miles on that engine. It's a it's a Prius engine, so taxis are going like three hundred four three hundred four hundred yeah. on yeah, it. Yeah. He's like, you, I don't recommend an engine swap. I think we. New gasket, water pump, call it a day, and you'll be good to go. Wow! So for me, three way grand. to grind that out though. People don't realize it's just a bunch of phone calls. Yeah, it's phone calls, Referrals. honest conversations, some sales stuff. Like I didn't tell him I had my contact for the engine swap. I more just talked about an engine swap with him. So Ooh, he thought like, okay, one. I want to see what he would say because yeah, maybe yeah. he'll do an engine swap for five grand and be like, oh, this guy wants an engine swap. Yeah, that's the best thing to do. He was it's like when you go honest. to the dentist, you know, I always struggle with that. It's like they always want to, like, fix all my teeth or something. And then I go to another dentist. They're like, you don't need any fillings. Oh, yeah. Another dentist wants 20 fillings. I did a PowerPoint in fifth grade to not get my second set of braces because my neighbor was my orthodontist. And he was, like, doing it all probably for free for us. Yeah. I was like, guys, you're just doing it because it doesn't cost that much. Like, I don't need it. So I got out of it. Your teeth look perfect, by the way. Yeah, a little, well, maybe bottom, a little yeah. crooked, but yeah, yeah. crooked smiles character. look better smiles. Character. Yeah. What about you? That was pretty much my weekend. That I, was your weekend. I went, golfed on Monday, President's Day, honored Washington on the golf course with the ninety-one. Back nine wasn't pretty, but back to the year you were born, right? Yeah, there you go. It's my golden round. Your golden. <laughs> Me, I mean, it was good. I was, we're trying to acquire a company. I'm in really deep talks with them. So I took the founder uh, down to Mexico. I uh, got to know him well. Great guy. Really enjoyed my time with him. I think it's going to hopefully go through. Cool. So very excited about that. Um, we had a great time. We caught some elephant tuna. It was okay. a day. Oh, yeah. Dude. I saw a photo. Bro, day. We got to the dock at like 6 a.m., boarded at 6.30. I'm texting Scarlett because we're out in the middle of the ocean and the sun's setting. Like, it's now 8.30, and I'm not back at the dock. Dinner was at 7. So I'm, like, trying to have, like, Scarlett, can you help me get, like, a new reservation? Like, I got to take Scar We ended up getting the same reservation at the other spot because she was, like, the only other spot's 10. And I'm, like, 10's way too late. Oh, my god! By the time we got back from fishing, all I had done was fish for 13 and a half hours. Went home, showered real quick, put the fish we caught on ice so I could take it home. Mm -hmm. 
and then went to dinner at 10. Jeez. It was a great meal, by the way. That restaurant was sick. But it was, you know, we were down in Puerto Vallarta. So it was a quick trip, Thursday, Saturday, and then Sunday, I took my family to Catalina. Okay, to the saw island. that. Yeah, to go fishing Looked with like the fun. kids. It was a blast. We, we want to start doing camping at White's, where we have, like, mm. the campground on the island. That'd be fun. But we wanted to, like, I have a tendency of just uh, doing things that people don't really do with three kids and just, like, going for it mm-hmm. and then being surprised when it blows up in my face. Yeah. I've heard your stories. Yeah, I'm like one for six on family vacations right now. Yep. A lot of times do things on my control, but it's been rough. And so we decided this time, instead of like going all the way, we're just going to do a trip to the island, see how the kids do on the boat and all that. And then they did really well. And now we can strategize how we do the campground. Yeah. Do you miss some spots with sunscreen? Oh, I missed all the spots. <laughs> dude, I got everything. have just, your hood? Dude, everything's just falling off my face. <laughs> it's better today. Yesterday was brutal. No, I forgot everything in PV. I was finding Catalina. When I went on the PV trip, I didn't get my, like, okay. my face mask. Yeah, I can tell. I kept doing the stuff, you know? I was getting it. I didn't. The problem is the water, right? So you got your hat on. The sun isn't getting you this way. It's just it's getting you off the water and up, and you're just getting destroyed. I kept reapplying. Didn't matter. 13 and a half hours. Little ponga. But that was my weekend, man. And then, you know, I went back on the antibiotics on Sunday because I felt like I was going to get sick again. Yeah. It's just been unbeatable. I've been never been like this. And <laughs> we essentially just, yeah, it's just, what nice. are you going to do? Yeah. I mean, it's a weird sick season. I mean, you have kids, so that's where, like, my family with kids, they're they all, all getting preschool. sick from they come preschool home and daycare and... They're oozing yeah. sickness. Yeah. And what are you going to do? Not give your kid like a hug or a kiss? <laughs> I'm not a lip kisser. I'm more of like a forehead or a You're cheek not kisser. A, a Tom Brady? No, I think that's a little, you know, teach their own, but that's not, yeah. not my style. But I'm still getting sick, so I don't know. The germs are making it to the cheek. No yeah, problem. It's in the house. Yeah, just it's in the air. Yeah. So that was my weekend. But um, we got we got some fun stuff today. We got some advertising jealousy, and I, I think we got some good ads. So let's yeah, start with yours. for them. Okay. Let's start with yours. Yeah, so my ad, I was actually watching some TV. I was watching the Genesis open this weekend. You a, you a big homosexual? Huh? Max Homa? <laughs> That's uh, what they call his fans. Really? The, homose- the homosexuals? Because <laughs> this is... Yeah. yeah. Okay. So Max Homa... <laughs> you just don't throw your face. Yeah, I was like, huh? <laughs> no, he's, Max Homa's like an awesome dude. He's one of the big golf guys. Yeah, like the YouTubers I watch on golf. They often like have him join. Correct. And he's he's one of the few pros well, that would like, like that. go do that. Do you know they get paid based on their social following? There's a bonus for the pools. Oh, really? For the players. That's why they're okay. all more active on social and new media now. They get paid for their activity. Yeah, so I'm talking one of the full swing episodes. There was some like T box talk about followers. Correct. But I didn't connect those dots. That's what. Oh, because you, you saw full swing? Yeah. Such a good. Sick, yeah, sick good. Okay. So. You were watching that. I was watching that, and this commercial was running a few times, and it's it's almost like a a version of those Apple PC commercials. Mm-hmm. It's a competitor ad. Okay. But I thought it was done in a very subtle way. So you saw an ad in the wild that you actually liked. Yeah. Can you admit that? Yeah, but it's not going to change my perception. Of course it will. But I can definitely see how you it obviously are not influenced by ads as you wear all Viore and Adidas. Yeah, I don't. I mean, the Viore ads are all people that don't look like me, but I like. What do you Viore. mean, people that don't look like you? They're all like ripped guys going on runs. 
You literally look like a runner. What are I you talking about? I have a standing about? desk that I sit at all day. You are the body type of a runner. Yeah, well, you should see me run. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's see Let's the check ad. out the ad. All right. So cozy. How many rooms are in there? Should we go check it out? Yeah. We get to stay yeah, here all weekend. When you stay at a Verbo, I can't do it in the Dorco. The host doesn't stay with you. It looks exactly like the picture. Because without privacy in your vacation home, it's a full log cabin, guys. It isn't really a vacation. Agreed. I hate that about everybody. Is it? Oh my God. Now, is that the best feature, though? So, I mean, it's one ad, but I thought what I liked about it was I think there's always like the internal blindness where you could talk about leaning in on that value prop and easily say, like, it's pretty simple to get an Airbnb where you get the whole place. Like it says it in the description. Correct. But I think to the general market it was interesting to just commit to that, like yeah. always private to yeah. set the perception that like, wait, I haven't done this yet, but I definitely am in the future. I'm going to go with Verbo because it sounds like Airbnb. Who knows? You might have the person staying there. You might not, even though that's not the How case. Like you could yeah. easily control it if you read. Well, yeah, but it's not that part. I, as a guy who does Airbnbs because of my kids, like I personally, hotels over Airbnbs, like I will die on that hill. Like <laughs> hotels are way better. I don't like the stuff of like, like if you told me like no cleaning ever, I would be, that's way more compelling. Cause what I don't like about Airbnbs is like when the person does the walkthrough and it's like essentially don't touch my house mm -hmm. or like they just do so many like, you know, like when you, okay, so you know how you have buddies and there's buddies you would borrow things from and some you wouldn't cause borrowing something from that dude is the worst. Yeah. That's how some Airbnb hosts are. Mm -hmm. And it's the worst. Yeah, it's just paper everywhere, laminated. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. Like, uh, you know, like when you go into, like, a certain types of fast food joints and they have, like, paper on all the rules of the restaurant, you yeah. know, everyone's like, okay, guy, let's chill. Padlock on the fridge. Like, <laughs> yeah. what, what's going on what's here? What's going on here? Exactly. So that's how Airbnbs can be. And then, like, it, they'll be, like, instructions on how to clean up all the trash and all this stuff. And you're just like, I was trying to be on vacation. I got more work to do here than I do my house and yeah. there's all these rules like i've been at places where there's like rules of being at the house like mm -hmm. no shoes on the third floor no this no that and you're just like this is very weird so i like the angle they're taking i think you do a whole campaign around it though like there might be 10 features like privacy is one of them do you know if they're doing other feature sets can we click on the yeah i always call it vrbo but they're verbo yeah and even for this one like i really like the authentic emotion they captured, like just following the family in, the kids excited about certain features, them talking about the fireplace, the yep. way the door shut and the audio cut out. I really thought they captured something authentic there. Yeah, I do. But it was aired during a golf tournament. And I think doing a vacation, short-term rental, mm -hmm. when you're on a golf trip is very, very common. Oh, it's totally common because you got so the boys all together. and you're They like, could have done yeah. something with like a golf trip gain a verbo and even the privacy of like they could have maybe layered on privacy there so that was the only maybe drop the clubs off in the front let's click can we click another one real quick i just want to see how because yeah, it, what else like, are... it looks like whole vacation homes is their position the thing that's different about a verbo vacation home yeah it's you like always the have the whole theme. place to yourself no stranger at the dinner table making things awkward or in another room taking up space 
it's just you and your people. Because why would you ever share your vacation home with someone you wouldn't share your vacation with? That is a weird concept, though, because I would say 99% of Airbnbs do not have the hosts there. Yeah, but that's where I thought, like, yeah. even though that's reality. <laughs> it's a fear, though. They're planning that in your head. Yeah, like, I feel like. Is the Airbnb guy going to show up at any time? Exactly. Like, <laughs> I, I like the angle they took because it could easily get shut down because of that. It's like, that's not real. Like It isn't. But, but I it's think. It's a good creative idea. Yeah, it does make me feel like, do Airbnb hosts just, like, pop up? Yeah, and I think they're getting, like, each provider is getting first-time customers pretty frequently still. Yeah. And so I, I just thought it was a really smart campaign to set the perception in, on Verbo versus Airbnb, even though I, you and I both agree. It was like, I felt like I could easily secure privacy on Airbnb and know for a fact they won't be there. Like, that's never been a fear. But Correct. this broadcasted to the general market, I thought. Not people like, Airbnb is like. The homies is just there with me the whole time. Yeah, and they never mention Airbnb. No. But your mind just goes to straight to Airbnb, and you know that there is an option to, like, have a portion of a place in Airbnb. Like, I did know that existed. Correct. So That's what I did when I was It was very broke. well played. Like, Myra and I, when we were, like, first married and stuff, we didn't really have any money. We would go to, like, we would rent a room in a house. Yeah, it's like a hostel kind yeah. of situation. Yeah. Which I situation. liked. But, no, it's cool. All right, let's check out mine. This is how much chocolate brands are spending on advertising this festive season to flash their logos on thousands of apps. Meanwhile, this is Cadbury Five Star's budget. Nothing. Because honestly, we'd rather do nothing. Luckily, we noticed something about our logo and tweaked it. Now, every time an app asks for a rating, you'll see our logo for free. When you order food, book a taxi, shop online or binge watch, you'll see our logo. In fact, you'll see our logo on almost every app on the planet, which makes this probably the biggest ad campaign in history. All this while we spend almost nothing, eat five star and do nothing. We didn't even spend money on an actor. That's just the intent. You good, bro? <laughs> I don't know. I love it. I love anything that's psychological. And I really did for the next couple of days see stupid reviews and think they're stupid chocolate. I was like, dang it, it worked. Yeah, it definitely makes you think that now. Like once you watch this ad, it just plants that. It done that to head. me. So it's pretty smart. I've never heard of five star. You asked me if they're an Indian company. Well, I couldn't tell. <laughs> it, can we look it up? Yeah, well, I mean, even see. the currency on the table when they showed the first ad budget wasn't I, I think USD it's in the or UK, anything. Cadbury. Like, like where is it? Chocolate. Uh, India, Indonesia, Malaysia, Brazil, yeah. South Africa, the Philippines, Egypt. It's just, where is it manufactured? Click on Wikipedia. Uh, caramel and nougat. Oh, that sounds bomb. Oh, you were. Right, it was launched in India. That's the I said the UK. So in 2019, it was released in the UK shops. I've seen it over there. I mean, the voiceover was in the currency. Was, was I couldn't really tell. Oh, see that. So we're both right. Oh my gosh. No, that can't be. We're both right. <laughs> Dive deeper. Where did yeah. it start? <laughs> yeah, Brady doesn't like that I could be right too. <laughs> we can't hey, end like this. That was pretty good, no Brady. Ties. You're yeah, because he does have an Indian accent in the ad. 
but yeah, I've never had... seen that brand. Like I said, I did. Why not the U.S.? What's the Indian currency? Is it rupees? Rupee? That... Yeah, I think so. I couldn't really tell what the currency was on the table. Rupee, yeah. But it could have been any other markets. But okay. Anyway, I, I the only reason why I thought that is like I've never seen this chocolate bar. Yeah, it doesn't look like they're their the new US logo, market. their old logo. The closest thing I could think of was like the hundred gram, just because five star, hundred gram, whatever yep. word. Yep. Um. So interesting. Because my initial thought was like, okay, this is an interesting concept. Like, have I seen this? Is it recognizable? But I've never. Well, I'm trying to expand our podcast out of just the U.S. market, Brady. Make us, you know, take us global over here. All right, all right. <laughs> where's v- Verbo? <laughs> Verbo. <laughs> yeah, let's say, where's Verbo, Scarlet? Can we tell? No, no, where's Verbo from? Yeah, I wonder how global these companies are. Very, very global. Well, that's just the headquarters. <laughs> well, isn't that? Where is Verbo offered? What do you offer? It's offered probably everywhere. But what do you that's mean? what I'm saying. I talked about a very global company. <laughs> God damn. That's my point. You work for a global company. Yeah. Look at you. Oh my god. Anyway, we don't have to. Yeah, uh, we're we're good. We've discovered enough. They're just. Let's little... not get into war zone before we enter market <laughs> this and just start disagreeing with all of our takes. <laughs> Look, all I'm trying to say is I like to find ads that have psychological triggers. Yeah. I think that they they do get a lot more post impression value from a brand campaign if you can tie it to some type of psychological trigger yeah, and i like the way they even transition the old logo that's probably pretty recognized for people who like that candy and they're just they know they want it they need to find it at the gas station or whatever like they did that it was kind of like stop motion yeah. of how they got to the new design so you yep. can almost connect those dots i thought that was smart that was clever because you gotta honor the past while creating opportunities for the future yeah which is always a tricky thing to do in marketing i mean like I love Kiehl's. Like Kiehl's to me is a perfect example because they they're a I'm gonna try apothecary. You you're saying a lot. Kiel, what's Kiehl's? Okay, Scarlett knows what I'm talking about. Apothecary, is that the category? There, apothecary. Yeah, see that word. How do you? To be honest, that's the first time I've heard that word. Well, I'm I'm a man of much apothecary style. <laughs> Well, can you look up apothecary enunciation just so I know how to say it? I believe it's apothecary. I think you're saying it right. All right. Thank you, Peter. I'm just taking Peter's word for it after last episode. Well, I know. We everything tried about everyone. Pronunciate. P-R-O. <laughs> <laughs> Pronunciation. There you go. Yeah. Scarlet, I'd be doing the same thing if I was in your seat. Apothecary. Let's see. Uh, I think that's for you. You practice apothecary. it. Apothecary. 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 Oh, show. Yeah. Oh, wait, that's, wait, that's, that's a oh, test for you. Apothecary. Yeah, That's kind of cool, the practice. Yeah. And I've, I've never seen that feature. I don't know. We got well, that. Well, because your right. mic is behind the screen and yeah. Garrett was trying to do it. We'll get there. We'll figure you this try out. You try Scarlet Hit Practice and then go Apothecary. Apothecary. Well, okay. Oh, good, good job. job. That's really cool. Where do you go, Scarlet? That's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> You're giving like positive feedback. All right. So 
if we go back to my point, uh, hit back there, so we go to Kiehl's. So I love brands that have a sense of nostalgia. Nostalgia? Yeah, that word. That are nostalgic? <laughs> yeah, I didn't know what the active sense of that word would be, but <laughs> they embrace that. So if you look at all their branding and everything, it's all from like 19-something or 18-something when they started. See how they write it all out. Mm-hmm. It has the old school logo with the actual like uh, typography. Yeah, kind of like the the poopery a little bit. Oh yeah, poop poop, and um, they do a great job with it. And so I just think like brands like that. I'm glad they don't rebrand if that makes mm-hmm. sense. So I think there's always that thing, you know, where I think some brands do better off staying in the past, and others need to innovate for the future. Yeah. I don't know. I only found out about Kiehl's because at Equinox, when you take a shower, they uh, they use Kiehl's stuff. All their shampoo and, and stuff. stuff was so you much better about them. Yeah, the stuff was so much better than my stuff. I was like, I got to get this stuff. Man, it's 40% off right now. Yeah. It's not the most expensive. It's definitely not cheap, though. Yeah. But it's a cool brand. It's the 1851, and I like that they kept it all. And I think for some brands, that's important. Like our, comp- like our uh, new creative director and our new head of marketing want to kind of like update our style guy. So you can do anything, but you can't touch the logo. Because mm-hmm. I believe the logo needs to stay consistent for extended periods of time. Yeah. But you can play with the colors and other things, but let's keep the logo, the logo, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, definitely. And I, I want to go to the UK now and try a five star. Yeah, we got to. Like, see if we could get one, get one out there. All right. We've got Brady. The weekly finding. With your weekly finding. I mean, this is even a finding. This is. Probably one of the most important things that I see as a miss when I'm looking at Google Ads accounts. It looks like you're filtering by cost, the Brady special. I'm only, yeah, when you're doing audits, when you're not a part of the company. I mean, I've heard you say this literally a thousand times. Yeah. But it's one of the easiest high level wins that then unpacks like a lot of the rest of the things yeah, say, I tell do. what you mean because you just tell tell them what you tell me and everyone else every day so i mean i'll start i sort by cost when i do these because i'm not a part of the company i can i usually know what they're prioritizing but if you don't know that look at what they're investing in so in that cost column you see the arrow down that's what he's referring to so he's clicking and essentially sorting campaigns at the top spend the most campaigns that spend the least on the bottom and his hypothesis is if this is where they're spending the most money, this is where the greatest opportunity lies. Yeah, it's kind of dual facet. Like it, it tells me what they care about because they're investing in it. Yep. But then also, it's where the most money's going. And so any change I find in that area has the most power to make an impact. Correct. But what I'm pointing out on this is really the three far right columns and its impression share. And to me, they are the most underutilized and powerful columns in Google ads. It's so underutilized. Who doesn't look at impression share? A lot of people Wait, really don't look at impression share, lawsuit to rank lawsuit to budget and really think about what it means. It's yeah. I mean, I would, I always see it off and this is a good example really? where this is what you and I have been doing for like 10 years together. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's my starting point on any account. <laughs> That's crazy. Okay. Whether yeah. I'm getting an account launched and running, I look at it. If it's an old account that we're taking over, if I'm doing an audit in sales, like they are the first columns I look at after I understand what's being tracked. So as a dummy, rank is relevance, budgets, money. So rank is essentially what oppression share means is how often you're showing your ad when a search matches your targeting. 
And now, I mean, pretty much anything related. Rel- yeah. I mean, they match you to any and everything. Yeah, close variant matching exact yeah. match has made that tough. Um, but the difference between rank and budget is when you're losing impression share due to rank, you know, sometimes it's not the biggest concern because if you're using like a target CPA bidding algorithms, Google's choosing not to show your ad, even though the search matches the targeting because it doesn't think it will convert at the price you want it to. But when you're losing to the budget, that's the percentage of the time you don't show an ad because you're out of budget for the day. And so I look at that first because that means a couple of things. If you love your performance from all your campaigns, you're tracking it towards revenue, you're very profitable from it, it's essentially saying you could put more money into something that's working. That's rarely the case. And so I normally look at it and say, well, you're not happy with your performance, but because you're losing impression share due to budget, you can start dissecting each campaign and cleaning up where you find wasted spend. Yeah. And that just means that spend that you're running out of is just going to be ported over to what's actually working in that campaign. Well, what I always think about search impression share is even more fundamental than that. It's you got a cost per conversion of $211 on your number one campaign. It appears to be one of your top performing campaigns when it comes to volume and cost. Yeah. Yet you only have 18% market share. Yeah. Because you're running out of money or irrelevant most of the time. Yeah. And honestly, the way they were tracking that ROAS column isn't something like to fully believe in, but it's the best they had. It wasn't actual revenue. But yeah, to your point, at the highest level, you just say those two campaigns. Yeah, why are we wasting... One ROAS is 0.06, the other is 0.03. The one that's 0.06 is losing impression share due to budget by 21%. Take money out of the 0.03 and (laughs) put it into... Pause the 71, put it in the 92, and double your results. And then beyond that, what I also notice in accounts is they're, they're losing impression share due to rank because of tracking, conversion rates the lack of reflecting value. And so a lot of times you lose to rank because it's dodging high cost per click Mm. because with average conversion rates, it sees a higher cost per click and it says, no way can I hit my goal CPA or my ROAS Mm, for this intent. It costs way too much. Do you think target CPA is a bad bid mechanism then for B2B companies who need AOV and higher CPCs? Um, you can play with it. Like it does take into account contextual signals that we don't have access to, to do things manually that shows that they're more likely to convert, but you need to play with it. You can't just, you need to have the actual tracking reflecting revenue. You have to understand what you're willing to pay for a certain stage in your pipeline. Um, so it's a lever to pull increasing, decreasing it. Um, so what I do next is a lot this, of landing page too, right? To me, cause like if yeah. you're saying rank and that's conversion rate, most of the conversion rates post click. Well, the rank for them is mostly click through rate, like click through rate, ad relevancy, but do they not know? Cause you still theoretically have the Google ads. So script. the conversion rate does play into, okay. yeah, the CPA bid. That's what I'm saying. Cause yeah. it essentially it's looking at like your average conversion rates, looking at cost per click and it's deciding wait, I can't hit my goal they told me to hit for this high cost per click. Correct, and the two best ways to do it are search term mining, but with Google opening up parameters, it's probably harder to control. It is. In platform. So then the most thing you actually truly have control over is post-click landing page. Yeah. Just okay. Yeah, if you increase conversion rate, then it gives the algorithm more confidence to bid on 
higher cost per click. Good, that's okay. And that then lets you get access to, let's say, a higher value buyer, yeah. potentially. So we, I see it just really choking up campaigns Yep. Um, when it's a low conversion rate, which you can see 1.06 conversion rate. It's not going to go after a high cost per click, even though that's probably their valuable users, because it's afraid it's going to be a high CPA. Compared to the ones on the bottom, where you want it 2%, but only 16K in spend. Yeah. Um, and so... The first thing is that like after this, what I look at is you can notice the way the icons look on those top four campaigns Yeah, is they're opted into the display network and search. And I think in this one also search partners. Love that. And so whenever you're losing impression sure to due to budget, you just look for the wasted spend. In this one, their spend wasn't crazy on Come search on, partners and app, display. I want the app download. So I didn't spend. even I didn't even add it to the <laughs> proposal. But for that top campaign, um, 20% of the spend was on mobile. And I did... Did you filter by conversion rate by device? I filtered by conversion action by device. And 20% of spend was on mobile. 13% of trials were on mobile. And then like 8% of activated accounts were on mobile. Mm. So even with the 20% spend, 30% trial... That math shows like cost per acquisition, cost per free trial on mobile is way worse. Yeah. And so just going back to the impression share by 20%, 20% yeah. of spends on mobile, you can pause mobile. Yep. You can start spending as much as you can spend on desktop and immediately clean up some display, pause increase some, your performance. Pause some search partners. Next thing you know, you're at 40% search impression share. Yeah. And then from there, that's when you want to get into why am I losing due to rank? Is it my algorithm? Do I believe in the contextual data that TCPA Does is the using? Ad or do mention I mention Tate and you just get shadow yeah, banned? Do I run <laughs> top of page impression share 90% with a max CPC? I mean, these are the questions you These are the ask questions yourself. that everyone thinks about yeah, every everyone day. Everyone is thinking about that, Freddie. Um, but my point is <laughs> if you're not looking at these columns, you have to and prioritize search impression share lawsuit of budget more than anything because it is the strongest signal when it comes to room for optimization from a wasted spend cleanup lens than anything else in the account. And when I show these columns on proposals, 80% of the time, it is news to the prospect. Well, it's like no when one... you and I look at demographic reports and you're like, did you know like women convert 75% more often than men, but you spend 70% of your budget yeah. on men? And even LinkedIn's and demographic like, performance where it actually shows, shows titles the titles, and, yeah. gain impressions. It's like, no, I just thought my targeting looked good when we, we reviewed it. It's like you can see <laughs> post-targeting what actually, what actually happened. Yep. And so this is just really powerful data. It's hugely powerful. What's actually happening from an impression share perspective. And there's a lot you can do from here. Well, I'm laughing because you and I have been giving pitches together for over seven years. And oh, you and I have been talking about this time. for seven years straight. Yeah. And still nobody does the fundamentals, it feels like. Yeah. And you can you can go further and you can do top of page impression share, mm -hmm. top of page loss. Student and that's more bid, but that's more for bid adjustments, right? And bid strategy. Yeah. But that. Yeah. I mean, that's if you have click through rate concerns, you can kind of see, well, do I have bad top of page impression share? You can look at absolute top now because we used to have average position, but yeah. now you have absolute top top. And then you can say like, hey, you I'm, don't have a bad click through it. You're just never showing up at the top. So no one at the bottom or ever has Or if you have it. a cost per click concern and your absolute top is high, it's like we have Struck three more three. spots yeah. to drop before yeah. we're at the bottom of the page. Like we can lower cost per click without impacting Correct. click through rate too much. Yeah, I've never found being number one was worth it. 
in like the in the ad four pack. I've never seen that happen. I've always yeah. I've always seen a massive decrease in the CPC on every auction based platform from one to two is this massive drop in cost per click, but not a massive drop in conversion rate. Yeah, it depends on the auction. I think if you're looking to scale, if you're already extremely profitable, no matter with a very high like range of cost per click, then it would be worth going after because okay. I think you can get a higher click through rate. But I mean, you got to be in a state where you're confident in every search term. Yes. I and mean, I don't know how you can be these days because you show up for so much junk. Show up for a lot of junk. They don't show you every search term. No, so no. it takes a lot of data. So they do what sampling now? Yeah. Of course they do. And and Google do anything they can to take your money and give you as limited information back as possible for you to be able to determine if it's working or not. Yeah, I saw a good a LinkedIn post today that they're testing locking display and search partners in search campaigns. I saw that too. They're testing it, which is always a sign that they might. Profits are down. Yeah. Yeah. We, they, could, we could talk about that all yeah. day. The second profits go down, Google gets all sorts of ideas of how they're going to get profit up, not how they're going to improve advertising. Yeah. But so. we love them. Yep. Best they gave friends. me a career. So yep. <laughs> it's a <laughs> love-hate relationship. They pay the bills. All right. Should we talk more about this? Yeah, let's do it. All right. So I love those findings. I'm still laughing that people aren't doing search impressions share literally. After. It's so rare. It's it's a brand new column for because I know they never do the demographic one. I've never every time I hop on call to the demographic one, they never do it. I didn't realize they were still not doing your basic hits too. Yeah, like my basic hits still work. Ten years later, your basic hits still work. Play the hits. It's always where the value yeah. is. So we're gonna talk coffee today. I love coffee. I see Drake's Lacroix Trader. I know. I've been pretty into. LaCroix. I For add Mio. Like six years you've been into them. I've been adding Mio drops to them because my wife is bad at drinking water. Isn't so Mio got... its own version of a drink? So Mio is like a flavor drop you put in water. Okay. Right? So you add that. So I've been adding Mio to LaCroix. Oh my God. You're just a wild man. It's, it's like the Manmosa kind of, you know, the guava juice and the Coors Light. Yep. Some tropical Mio and a Cran Raz LaCroix. Game over. Game over. It's like strawberry soda. Should I show you the goat of coffee right now? I think I, I forget their name. Right. But I think I you showed it for. to me, okay. but I want to see it. So here's what I think. Well, first, let me give you the, the, the yeah, it's a coffee shop. Are we doing wholesale? Where? Yeah, yeah, no, it's great question. Brady, great questions, Brady. So here's what I'm thinking. And this is more just personal preference, but we're going to be the very first ever coffee roaster optimized for people who like cream in their coffee. Oh God. You want to just take this one solo? No, no, no. <laughs> this is this. I think there's a lot of people out there like me who like their creamer, and everybody makes fun of them. Oh, you want some coffee with your creamer? Yep. Right? Like, yep. So it's funny. A great impression of yeah, me. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks. <laughs> so what I'm saying is, there's some people out there like me who like creamer in their coffee. Mm-hmm. But if the coffee isn't roasted dark enough, the coffee does taste bad if you put creamer in light coffee. Yeah. Because the creamer just bulldozes the coffee. Now, specialty coffee today. I like to roast coffee too. So this is a little passion of mine. The specialty coffee today is all about lighter roasts that have more aromas yeah. and flavors. Acid and wash. More dynamic. Yeah. Very just like, not like here's a cup of joe, you know. And then when you do the dark roast, it's usually people like papu dark roast. Like dark roast, you're just burning the beads. Now you're Starbucks. Yeah. Right. 
Now, there is a fine line where you can do a nice dark roast that still has all those lovely flavors of a nice bean. But when you add that creamer to it, it can stand up to the creamer and it gives you this bold, dynamic Mm. taste. So we are going to have to figure out. I just think we could go viral all the time by like doing like a – like so in coffee, they do a lot of cuppings. So put like a six – cups out and you'll kind like of taste them. Kind yeah. of thing. But all of our cuppings would have creamer in it. Yeah. Because we would be wanting to taste the coffee in its practical use. Well, I think a pairing system to where it's like you have the same coffee, but then there's a different story for three different creamers. Correct. I think we'd be fully vertically integrated. So my concept for this brand is we would also sell the creamer. Oh, yeah. So we'd have our own cows. And then we'd have our own, like, farm partnerships in South or Central America. Mm -hmm. So we'd have our own beans. We'd have our own roaster. And we'd have our own dairy farm. You put that all together, we could be perfectly fully vertically integrated with a nice upsell slash cross-sell to our coffee brand. Yeah. So that's kind of my vision. And our positioning would be, like, coffee that tastes better with creamer. Can we look up the percentage of coffee drinkers that use creamer? Oh, let's do that, yeah. Because it's got to be a pretty high percent. There is a lot of people who do like put creamer in their oh, coffee. Oh, yeah. And that's what I'm saying. But there isn't anyone who's ever decided to like be their superhero. And we could, you know, be standing up to all the haters. I just think it would be really viral marketing these days. Yeah. 60%. I got a massive market. majority, here. baby. I'm telling you, this is not the worst idea. I'm thinking even like hotels and restaurants, it's the little creamer and the sugar packets versus them an experience of like, we recommend this one. This isn't this the 50s one. anymore. We don't need to go to these crappy diners with the, like you gotta say. But doing that packaging too for the creamer and offering it That's wholesale to restaurants and stuff. With our beans, we give you the beans and the creamer. You're cons- they get to tell a story of the pairing. It's all about storytelling. Storytelling. We bring out our coffee sommelier who really walks you through which roast to use with which creamer. Is that a job offer? I'm just saying, <laughs> like, this is this is what we're doing. Now, I want to show you who I think is, like, the goat of the game yeah, right check now. Them out. They're called Onyx. Okay, these guys are intimidatingly good. Onyx Coffee Lab, yeah. You're Spend such a their savage. Money. Scarlett, you click the ad. I always click the ad. <laughs> I needed that. What a great clip. Yeah, I always again, click the ad. I wouldn't have a job yeah, we wouldn't if it have weren't jobs, for, if it wasn't for Scarlet. Google and Scarlet. She's keeping the industry alive. Okay, so I love the font, the typography, the position. So, like, join our pilgrim. Okay, the white on white's a yeah, little it's much, Yeah, a little much. But join our pilgrim and seek seeking quality. The guy Truth in the and accountability and coffee. We journey to find the finest and most unique coffees in the world. Their marketing is so good, Brady. It's going to blow your mind to watch this. I'm just distracted by the guy moving like me Monday morning. Yeah, oh, I know, dude. Project Echelon. I don't even know what that is. Can we just click join the Echelon? I want to. These guys come up with the a coffee crazy. cult. Dude, their, their branding is so good. Keep going. Finest coffee in the world every month. For, oh, okay. Yeah, baby. You get that recurring revenue so in Onyx. subscription. Yep. As a full member, you'll be provided with every piece of equipment and aspect of brewing, even down to the water chemistry. This is what's crazy. Like, when you see how good they are. Okay, so keep going down. I want to see if there's more to it. Okay, let's go. Oh, let me see the cost. Because this is some good business for us. Get some recurring revenue in. Join the full membership. Was that monthly? 
No. Every fo- oh yeah. Oh my god. Wait, what's? Yeah. So is that two eighty five every four weeks? No. Because or for. No, it's $2,825 every four weeks, bro. Holy crap. Yeah. We got to do this, bro. This is this is better than directive money. All right, <laughs> uh, let's go pack. So, holy K. Uh, go back, click the skull for me. So, we go to the homepage. Top left corner. You can click the skull and it'll take you to the homepage. There you go. So, scroll down. I want to show the rest of it. So, their branding and their packaging is sick, dude. So, this work is good. So, um... Beyond beyond the subscriptions, keep going down. I want you to actually see like the product page, like that. So, uh, let's click on the Colombian Linacaro Rodriguez Pink Bourbon. Yeah, it's cool packaging. Now watch this. This is where it gets even crazier. So if you scroll, it undoes the package, and then watch this. It talks about the process of how it's washed, the elevation from which it's uh, grown, the cup of what it kind of tastes like, and then keep going. Mm-hmm. And if you go up a little bit, actually, sorry, they do this thing right here where they talk about go to the sustainability report. So they're big on sustainability with their all the different growers they mm-hmm. use. The amount of assets they have in their marketing, I'm like, dude. Okay, now you can go back because they give a score for each coffee. So you can go down and you can see current inventory, traditional, modern, and then the story. So they do a whole story for where they got the beans. Right, this is a very recently discovered variety found in Acevedo. Who like I don't even know what they're talking about. But like this is for the ultimate coffee hardo. Yeah. If you keep going down, like they have all the content for how to do it perfect. You keep going down. They've got this is where it gets really good. Like watch, watch the transparency. So keep scrolling. If you click on it, I think you gotta click on it. Sorry, Scarlet. Right there, yeah. It is. No, that's cool. They are so good. Yeah. I got and intimidated. Onyx is a play on honest. Is it? Yeah. Onyx price sounds like honest price. Oh, oh that. I thought you meant the brand whole. Yeah, yeah. That. No, yeah. That's a play on words right there. But then look, they literally have cup scorings, transportation costs, green costs, production costs, market, and then where they have theirs. Yeah. It's wild. And then if you keep going down, they'll pair wells with. And this is where I was like, ooh, this is where we introduce mm-hmm. the creamer. Yeah. Right? And then you keep going. So that's a pretty intense amount of content to just compete with them when that's the standard. Yeah. They do that for every one of their blends and roasts. But I think our idea has a larger market size. Much larger. I would they're keep... leaning really into... Correct. If you go into my roast, this is where it gets interesting too, is we go to my roast. I was attracted to them because I like to roast and they're kind of I'm more on the hardo side. But I like my creamer and my coffee, so I wanted to do something a little counterculture. But if you go down, um, so let me see if you can do find my coffee or show a sample batch. I want to show this to Brady. They'll do full roast profiles for their, like, so scroll down. That is the full roast profile for how to roast it to the highest, greatest standard when you get the bean. Because you can buy green beans from them, and if you just bought the beans raw and you wanted to essentially roast it, mm-hmm. that's the exact roast profile they used on the green bean to create the blend you like. Interesting. So like, they, like, give you the data if you want it. I mean, that's where 
Onyx Coffee Lab, it definitely makes sense. That's like, where the guys like me and you, who are kind of like nerds for things, you yeah. know, like that's where we fit that kind of persona type. Yeah, I just bought an espresso recently, so yeah, well, that makes you yeah, their, pretty hardcore, yeah. They're antichrist, <laughs> but you get what I'm saying, right? Like they they have that niche audience, and they kind of do it, frankly, better than anyone I've seen. Yeah. No, I mean they're really leaning in on it to where if you're into roasting you're maybe a barista yet you want to impress people at home or do it yourself or at if home. it's a hobby if it's more i think for yeah. hobbyists like people who have hobbies in coffee they really i think appeal to definitely but, but it's pretty narrow pretty narrow but they have the prices to support it right yeah. so i think it's a premium luxury item yeah. for hobbyists so for us though 60 percent. so if we go to their roasts um can we go yeah, back to the homepage? Let's see if they in the menu on the top right. I want to see if they have a roast section. All coffee, maybe? And then I want to see if you can filter by uh, roast profile. Top right. See so if we can filter by... Uh, like color. That's the color of the packaging. I wonder how we could... What's the honey process? I don't know. I'm not that hardcore. There's different ways, though, of preparing the yeah. green bean before it goes into the roaster. So they wash the beans. It's natural. I don't know the honey or anaerobic or raised bed. A raised bed, I think it is dried on a raised bed, but interesting. Okay, so maybe uh, go to Bodie Leaf, a little local player for us here. I'm, I want to show you the different types of roasts we could do that I think could stand up to the creamer, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So you look at any profile. So let's see, roasted coffee on the top left. Good shop. These guys are interesting too. So they do the import export side of it. So they import all the green beans, and I'll go buy my beans from Bodie Leaf. Yeah. And then can you do profile? Yeah, profile. Give us the thing I'm looking for. So go dark. See, so it's mostly see how it's French roast. They have a couple different Old Town blend French roast. Yeah, but see, there's not a huge selection. So look at that. Now go watch this. Now go to non-dark. Body Leaf is pretty big, so watch. Go to like a medium or light. Watch what happens. You're going to get, see? This is what I'm talking about. There's nobody who really is servicing the dark roast game. And if you go to light roast, you'll see more too. Because that's what's in right now. It's all like light, airy. Oh, you can do it, uh, pour over. Not a ton of light. Yeah. So that's kind of my take is like we could come up with – I think we could coin something too, like you know, how like French roast is really popular. If we yeah. could coin like a type of dark roast that fits perfect with creamer, I think there could be some really good branding and positioning there. Yeah, I'm just trying to think like leaning in on the coffee or the creamer. I feel like the gap is leaning in on the creamer to where, because my thought is like in a brick and mortar. Yeah. They recommend a pairing of a creamer to use, mm-hmm. and then you have a fridge of creamers. And it's like, hey, I'm going to make my coffee at home, but I'm definitely adding this in it. Versus so you think the overcomplicating creamer... it and thinking like, oh, man, I got to know my coffee super well and my creamer super well in order to like get this experience. Well, you don't. You just buy the coffee from us and you buy the creamer from us. Yeah. So I think it, there can be a very deep experience of like we recommend this specific dark roast with this specific creamer. Yep. But then feel like they could have the experience by like just getting the creamer and putting it in. Well, yeah, I thought we could maybe do like on our website, we could have prepackaged. So we could have like 
this roast with this creamer. Yeah. But we can still have, like, build your own. Yeah. It reminds me of Jelly Bellies. They had, on, like, a pamphlet, all these pairings of the beans. So you'd get, like, the big oh, jar. Clever, yeah. And they would say, oh, if you mix orange and vanilla, it's a creamsicle. As a kid, like we'd always be fishing through, like, oh, I want to try that yeah, yeah. three flavor combo, and you eat it. Oh, it tastes just like it. That's dope. It yeah. just gives you that. I like that very accessible pairing experience where you just, like I said, the storytelling, yeah, is there. The experience is there. Like you're gonna taste it, already be telling yourself the story. Yep. And it's gonna be believable because it will taste well. Yep. But whenever you can hype up that moment. And it also hits. I feel like that's the the secret formula. So I, I really I, like the creamer side of things. It gets you excited because that's the upsell, the cross sell. It's the AOV. And it's a differentiator too. Total. Now here's what I think too. If we want to go real mainstream, we might have to start with K-Cups. Because <sighs> you get where I'm going with this. If we go direct to consumer and our K-Cups are fire, it's hard to get a good K-Cup. Most of the time it's like bland, like not great coffee. Yeah. But if we had like a real fire k-cup mm-hmm. with and we could sell them both the same size so what if our delivery was like a shot delivery of creamer yeah. instead of like the big bottle it was like shots of it so you have like all your shots and you had all like it's k-cup size so we had the same packaging yeah. and save on cost of goods sold so you like get the creamer out of the fridge and you're like which K-Cup is this for? Oh, let me find that K-Cup. No, we could have the same because here's like – so I'm also thinking about like inventory and manufacturing. So we could have a much better accuracy of inventory if the coffee and the creamer went in the exact same container. That's true. And then all we had was different uh, lids. Yeah. So one had a K-Cup lid and one had a peel-off lid for the creamer. That could be really, really clever on our essentially like fixed cost of our inventory mm-hmm. because both would get shipped to you in the same thing. And then we could just color them different and, you know, do other things. But I think it's a clever little concept. You just go in there and you grab your creamer, grab your coffee, you got one and one, boom. Yeah. I think people would end up using two creamers if they're like me. So you could actually sell, like, and then you could mess with the package size so you could get people to buy two creamers for every one coffee. Yeah. I'd be interested, like, the amount of active Nespresso and Keurig users and then – if you could, it's probably not. Online. I don't think there's a lot of straight black coffee drinkers who also use Keurig. Well, that's, that was my next thought is yeah. like within that market, what percent are using creamer? Like 90, dude. It's yeah. not the hardos. It's the, it's the, the, just the everyday normies yeah. who want their coffee and they add a little creamer so it doesn't take like burnt butthole on their <laughs> K-cup. That's this morning. You know I, I mean? added whole milk in mine just because it was too oh! hot. Oh, you did, Brady. I want to drink it right away. You don't say. And I don't like hot See drinks. That? There's a lot of closet creamer users is what I'm finding. Is there's a lot more of you guys out there than you want to admit. They yeah. like to make fun of me. But in their little dark privacy, they get their creamer out. How yeah. was it, by the way? Was it great? Yeah, it was good. Cream. I just put a little in so it didn't burn. Yes, some I sugar it right away. Yes, some sugar too. I mean, it's already flavored. I think the okay. Nespresso okay. stuff. Okay. It's not just like black. It's all like. <laughs> I love that you added the cup of milk. To yeah, when the fridge, a little yeah. dash of milk, so it cooled down a bit. Because I do ice cubes, but then it just waters it down. Okay, you know this. I love to add the creamer to my cold brew because I think our creamer could be used also. We could start doing cold brew. Oh, we definitely. Because it's so good in there. It's like a vanilla latte of just. Mm, so yeah good. and that's where it's essentially being done with like lattes and all these so you think the creamer is more important than the coffee i think so as a differentiator 
there's so many shops and companies out there doing create uh, doing coffee importing from Kenya doing but their own roast experience. But nobody wants to do the creamer game. And then they're just using normal creamer, maybe the homemade syrup to. But I think committing to creamer as a differentiator, I don't hate it. Because dude, I would love that my own creamer brand. That would be so on brand for me too. If I was just walking around, because yeah. everyone's choosing their flavor, no one's asking where the coffee came from when uh, they go to a coffee shop yeah, no 100 like, oh, i want the chaga chino i want the lavender latte oh i have you seen this too can you uh um pocket-sized coffee creamer they have these you can keep that thing on you <laughs> like the mini tapatio keychains or yeah that's tabasco. what yeah so show the ta- ta- tapatio tabasco uh, tapatio uh, keychain I want to show I want to show the yeah, audience mini tap or mini tabasco mini tabasco yeah so this is what we could do too is we could always make sure people have that thing on them. Yeah, but doesn't it have to be cold? Well, yeah, you take it out of your refrigerator and you just throw it in your car. Because, look, I can't tell you how many times I go to a diner and I don't order the coffee because all they have is, like, Dang, half and half. Pouch. Yeah. I don't like half and half. Well, that's, like... That's what I'm saying. So, like, sometimes I wish... And I did learn, because like, I used to go on these mission trips. I'm in foreign countries and I want to drink coffee. I would... And I don't like the the... The powder stuff's no good. Now, maybe if we want to go global, we got to introduce the powder side of it. If we could make good powder. Yeah. Because that's what everyone in these developing countries are all on the powder. They're not using the good stuff. But if we could make good powder. What is that, like evaporated milk? Yeah, yeah, like that style. Yeah. See, like that. Keep that thing on us. <laughs> we could have a little, like, you know how we got koozies? Yeah. You could have a little koozie for your creamer, too. Keeps it cold. I don't know how long it would. I'm just worried about well, spoiled creamer. Okay, so here's more my take on it. It's like you're in the car. Well, you're you're like going to breakfast, yeah. And you want to make sure you don't want to bring your own coffee because you feel rude, but you don't know. It's always fifty fifty. Like, hey, do you have any vanilla creamer? And like, sorry, all we got. I don't. It's like not 1930 anymore. Like people need to get with the vanilla creamer. They're just little pa- yeah. packets. But they're going to that restaurant because they carry our brand. Oh, so we're going to have a little, like, That's fine restaurant near you. I think we can disrupt this stupid little plate with the, the, the little creamer thing and the It should be a luxury item. Yes, it should be. Now, are like, these, like, are these whole, like, uh, what do we call it, pasture-raised cows? Or are we oh going to just are we gonna just put, like, 3,000 cows in a 200-foot building with, like, 12 stories and just milk them all? Yeah. Or are we going to let these guys live in, on a beautiful ranch in Montana? I mean, we're already doing keg cups and espresso cups, so we sold our soul. Let's yeah, just we get did. the 200 cows in a room. You, yeah, I don't know if that fits with our quality standards, though, Brady. Some of us want to have quality, and I think ingredients matter. I can't just be yeah. out here polluting our country, the world's most famous creamer brand. I mean, I think is organic milk a thing? Is, that, yeah. is milk yes, in the Brady. organic category? Yes. No, well, no, there's non-organic and organic milk, I believe. Yeah. I was just I, I, I don't know, know what makes something organic milk since they all come yeah because I cows. thought organic was really about the pesticides on plants and stuff but yeah I, did you know farm raised just means that the chickens needs access to a farm yeah free range yeah do, do you know what it means there nothing? was a there was some documentary on that it has to be pasture raised I learned mm-hmm. that yeah because right Scarlett you're a health person yeah free range they just have the pasteurized like for eggs never get free range it's like the word yeah it is which is they're all stuffed in a barn yeah so it's the pasture so we're a... gonna put all our things on the pasture okay yeah there was some chicken 
documentary that went over that. I oh, they, yeah, they did. And it was crazy what they was considered. Like... Yeah, it was a barn stuffed with chickens. And then there was a little chicken <laughs> door with a fence Correct. that went outside. And they were like, free range, baby. <laughs> they can go outside. They can come inside. Oh, they can do wherever they want. It's terrible to laugh at. But it's like, yeah, they've definitely manipulated the labeling. And we're idiot consumers. We're like, free range. <laughs> yeah. And we don't know uh, that they're lying I, I think us. organic and taking that stance is definitely... I just have a Venn diagram in my head yeah. where it's like, okay, K-Cup users, they're one circle. Liking Creamer, just looking for very large overlaps. And then, like, cares about organic. Is that a big overlap on the I think it is these days, Venn yes. diagram or is yeah. it not? I, I think it is too. Yeah. Peter, what do you think? You think the ingredients matter to you or you just want the cheapest price? Um, I... Well, do you use creamer in your coffee? I, I don't. I don't drink Never? coffee. Oh, whoa. Whoa. <laughs> Are you a tea guy or just no drinks in general? Uh, I drink a lot of Coke. Um, okay. soda. Red Bull is monster. No, just okay. a lot of Coca-Cola. Okay. All right. You and Warren Buffett, I believe, as well. Like that. A lot of famous people like their Coca-Cola. Yeah. Warren's trying to influence his stock price yeah i know okay so i would say organic matters now here's the thing i think us creamer people are very passionate about our creamer i think we're loyal <laughs> i think we're willing to pay like i would pay 15 percent more than i'm currently giving to big creamer mm-hmm. you know what i'm talking about the, the delights and uh who's the other brand coffee me Coffee mate, that's big creamer. That's who we're going okay. up against, Brady. I think big creamer. I, they need a they need a specialty product, so we wouldn't be competing with them. We would be the specialty creamer for people who are passionate about their creamer. Mm-hmm. I think we, we could be if let's say, uh, what's the prices on it? Yeah, will you show me? Oh yeah, oh yeah. Do we have any competitors? Cookie butter powder. Let's see. We got that. I told you about the powder. Popping bottle looks kind of cool. Laird's superfood. What's a superfood? They might get into like the bro. We chaga could, mushrooms. We could. Be, okay, they're a superfood. What's more super than super? What, what could we call ourselves? Extraordinary um, food. Yeah. Okay, can you click on that for me? Let me get that ad. There you go. They're both ads. Immortal creamery. <laughs> Immortal creamery. Yeah. Okay, so. What is this packaging? Is it? Ugh. See, it's powdered. Turmeric and coffee. See, that's what we're competing against. I don't want to be a health nut. I just want the best tasting creamer. Yeah, flavor. Like... Yeah, I want more flavor and pop that isn't bad for you. Yeah. Or isn't as bad for you. But I don't want to go keto and vegan. I don't I don't think there's a lot of us who are looking for that. I think that's a lot of health people that like creamer that want something. Like, to me, the people who drink the oat milk and the almond milk, like, it's just not as good as the whole milk. They always sell me on it. I try it. It ain't as good. And the organic yeah. creamer, like the Trader Joe's creamer, it is not as good as the Coffee Mate stuff. I mean, I think so we're going to have oat milk, almond milk versions. I don't – I think I ah, – it makes me hurt. Do we I mean, have to I don't offer – how you milk an almond, but – I just – you hear the stuff about Oatly, how bad it is for you too? The oat milk? Yeah, it's horrible for you. Yeah. Way worse than the cows that we've been drinking for thousands of years. Well, there's stuff even like processed cow milk. It reduces the this fat so much. This is on our so own farm, that... Brady. We have 
these beautiful livestock that we're using to create the world's look how much the uh so can you look at the price of uh coffee mate real quick yeah the french vanilla oh 549 i don't like the pump one yeah that one right there 32 ounce How much are they calling? Five forty nine. Yeah, I don't know about having our own cows, man. How do they do it so cheap, bro? But I think that's like what's in it. I don't. I don't even know how to read those. I don't know things. if the gap in the market is quality. I think it's just a brand that vibes makes you feel like you're getting your coffee shop experience when you put it like the all glass. Because me, like if it's all creamer, should come in all glass. Like yeah, the old school milk, you know, like if it came in that all glass. And kind of like the brand you showed know, yeah. on Advertising Jealousy, the skincare one or whatever that new Kiehl's. word is. Yeah. yeah, yeah, apothecary. Yeah, like that brand style, but on a creamer, you just because yeah. I think Coffee Mate has very standard flavors. And I think the idea of keeping the same packaging for both the coffee and the creamer could be smart for inventory. Yeah, because I think the Coffee Mate user also goes to the coffee shop and gets a lavender latte and really loves that experience. But when they go home, they don't have something that feels milk. like it's their option. Oh. That's the same option. We could do like honey milk, lavender milk. Yeah. You could do so much. And that's like, you know, my wife, she loves chaga chinos and lavender yeah. lattes. But at home, she, I think, steams some almond milk and puts vanilla in it. Calls and it that, yeah. that's her, her drink at home. We got the Chagachino packet, so that's kind of interesting. Like, I feel like we're almost in that category. Chagachino yeah. is a company where it's just a powder you put in. Can I but see that? Coffee shops sell the Chagachino latte using this packet. I've never heard of Chagachino. What is it? I'm drinking one right now. And it's not cheap. No wonder she got her Chagachino, and I got this little like milky watered down. Chagachino is something latte. that coffee shops are now <laughs> selling as a drink option, yet they're using this brand. So if our creamers could get to that, that price point, yeah, bro, yeah, you'd be balling over here in the cram household, dude. Some chocachino, it's like we're gonna special go occasions. That's yeah. what we did for Valentine's yeah, Day. <laughs> she got chocachino on allowed, Valentine's I Day. I allowed a usage <laughs> of a chocachino packet. Jeez, oh, bro, look at that. It's like forty plus bucks. Yeah, I was telling my cousin, the coffee shop owner, I'm like, dude. You need Chocachinos. You got to get into this Chocachino yeah. game. Okay, so I like this. So it lets me know we can charge more for our creamer. So I don't think we have to be 40 bucks either. I think we can maybe be like 10 bucks or something mm-hmm. and take some market share. Oh, uh, where are we going to advertise? What um, channels? How are we going to tell people about it? Right? We got the product. We, we I feel like we have good positioning. We know our audience. How are we going to advertise it? How are we going to grow it? So similar to Chocachino's route, like, if we're really committed to creamers being adopted by coffee shops is okay. great advertisement. Yep. Like sometimes they even have the Chagachino brand. Go to Barista Milk. That's one. So that's a, that's it. Cause I'll show you an example. Okay. Cause let's, let's look at that real quick and then we can see how they market too. Cause that's a great point. Cause I never know the milks they're using. They yeah. They have a, it's actually Barista the fridge, milk. They pour it. It's like that, that one right there. Okay. Uh, Barista underground. That's like, I'll go back. That's not the big one they use. They use uh, go not to Oatly, just go to like uh, I think it's Barista Milk Brands or something or Barista Whole Milk Brands. Do Whole Milk Brands because that's they're yeah. Uh, it's literally like it's like 
Strauss that one, yeah. This is the one they all use. This is what makes the difference when you go to a top coffee shop. They're using, like, see this? This lightly homogized organic milk for cafes and culinary applications. This is like our barista milk. This is what I'm talking about. This is like the mm-hmm. top flavor. This is why certain places have better coffee than others. Okay. When you do like iced vanilla lattes and stuff, it's that they're using pasteurized organic whole milk. Okay. So I wanted you to see this because this is the part of where I, I can, I was talking to Scarlett about like, this coffee isn't using the, the right milk. And that's why I was like, it's not as good as other places. It's literally the top shops that everybody likes, like, uh, like the, um, what's the Portola, yeah. Bodie, all of them are using this milk, like high end milk. And then they're usually doing their own cream, um, their own syrups. So they make their mm-hmm. own syrups in house and then they're using high end milk. When you put those two together, that's what makes the best spots. Yeah. It's not ironically as much about the coffee. So I think for ours, like, advertisement-wise, it, like, just coffee, maybe a dark roast, medium roast, light roast, with our creamer is a drink. Right? And so positioned in a way where when a coffee shop carries it, they also buy the pairing experience that we built. They also I like that name bird. the coffee on the menu, our name for that drink. When this is paired with coffee, light roast, I don't know if we get it that specific. It's a little controlling, but I like where your head's at. But it's like the Chagachino. Chagachinos are on the menu. Really? Yet it's a packet they buy from another company. Oh, so that could be part of our like distributor agreement. If you get our product, you have to use. Yeah, or we could ship them advertisement or yeah. like, yeah, when you use our creamer, it has to be called this. I, I like don't know. True creamer? Huh? True creamer? True, like yeah. as the name T R U, some like umlaut, so it looks fancy. Yeah, it's a little bit like truly, except it's not okay. It's missing the L, the Y, and yeah. the bubbles. But it, yeah, okay, I get your point. I got to think about names okay, for, okay, okay. for a long all right, time. All right, all right. I know, I'm you just know pushing some I'm names, slow. you know. Um, but I get where your head's at, and I like this and because then... I think we could totally crush with this, and people would start asking for our creamer. Yeah, so that's where, and I don't know if you'd have to build hype outside the coffee shop before you unlock that growth, like chicken or the egg. So we could do a TAM, though. We could do customer gen, right? So we could literally build out every coffee shop in the U.S. and it's advertised directly to the owner as well as the like um, yeah. inventory, whoever does inventory. And that could be more like field sales and, yep. I don't know, those industries, yep. like getting your product in. You might Boots walk on into the, ground. the shop. I brought some with me. You want to try it? Yep. Little samples. We're already here, here, and here. Yep. Kind of field sales style. And then for like the at-home usage, because that would be obviously to make revenue, but that's advertisement for them, people to see in the store. It's like, oh. We got a big national branding like Oatly too, because Oatly did the big, I think Oatly did a Super Bowl commercial. I'm pretty sure. Oatly went hardcore on like national advertising too. Where people are now asking for like oat milk everywhere. That all came from mm. Oatly pushing it. Yeah, did you see this one? Watch this ad real quick. Have you seen this? No. It's like milk. Made for humans. It's like milk. But made for humans. Wow. Wow. No cow. No, no, no. Wow, wow, no cow. No, no, no. Wow, wow, wow. 
Oh my god, that hurt. That was the most painful. That's ad what ever. you wanted to show us. <laughs> well, I don't. I don't know what to say. <laughs> that was their super. It's that memorable. was their Super Bowl ad. I wasn't. Yeah, I wasn't kidding. I don't even know what to say now. But yeah, that's what they did. It worked. <laughs> yeah, memorable. Wow. Well, it's just because it's like uh, milk made for humans, and it's like, wait, wait, fam, milk, milk yeah. was made. And for it was the CEO doing it, so it's okay if yeah, the bad voice. Like it, it wasn't yeah. terrible. I get it. It was bad. It was, it was cringy. And you could but, like, like, hear the kids packs. in the house and going, wow, wow, and <laughs> having fun with it. But yeah, that's good. Yeah, Bernie, there you go. But. Um, <laughs> Silver lining or something. Yeah, something. <laughs> Takes a drink. He's like, I tried. <laughs> they did it though. Freaking thirty-two dollars, dude. That's what I'm talking about. You can charge anything for a six pack. So what is that? Six times six is thirty-six. So it's like five something per. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. So I think we could do it, man. I think we just have to have a national campaign, and then yeah. we have some boots on the ground with the with the distributor influencers. Get some like influencers. I just saw- I don't know if it was a real or YouTube video, but some guy every Saturday runs a coffee shop out of his apartment. So all of his friends come over and he seems to be like a good barista. But if like you sponsored him and he went out of his way to show like he's making his just pouring coffee, adding our creamer and that's the drink and his friends are loving it. Just natural influencer. placements. You know, even the, the mom, influencers yeah yeah like you could sponsor them hey here's my new creamer well they put the creamer in a lot of these coffee shops on the side you know what i mean you can get a straight black coffee or drift coffee and then they'll be like oh the creamer and the sugars are over there yeah if we could get like even like our own bottle or stand that you could replace so it was like made it classier and more high end Mm -hmm. and it had our branding on it that could be another way to really partner with them yeah do we ship them an ice bucket yeah Right, and yeah. they always keep that there on the counter when they're pouring. Yeah. Because it's just an afterthought. When you're making a latte, they it just is. grab whatever milk you asked for, dump it in, add the espresso and flavor, and they're done. It should be more than that. Yeah. It can be one. I love it. Well, I think we just built the world's greatest creamer coffee brand. Yeah, it started coffee, but... I, I think creamer might be the play. I think there is a gap in the market. Let's market this. I mean, I like it. I uh, think it's great. I had creamer in my coffee. Yeah, you, you did this morning. I added milk to cool it down. You're big creamer. I guess. <laughs> You're one of us. You're a closet creamer guy. Yeah. Well, thank you everyone for tuning in. Uh, as always, like, subscribe, share. Uh, we're shadow banned, so the more you can do to help, the better. And yeah, I mean, let's just keep growing this thing one view at a time. See you next week. Later.